It's my privilege this morning to introduce our keynote conference speaker, Andy Campman. Andy was on our college staff when I came to Parkview in 2000 and later transitioned to leading global outreach and full-time global worker mobilization. Andy was the first one to suggest taking a team to China, which led to 16 years of exchange. Andy and his team continue mobilizing hundreds of servants to the nation each year through Austin Stone Church in Texas. And along with being a dedicated husband, the coolest dad ever to their four children, serves as an elder. Most of my education about God's heart for the nations and the extraordinary global outreach ministry we have here owe Andy a deep gratitude. Andy is particularly suited to help us look back and look forward. Please help me welcome Andy. All right. Great to be with you guys. Uh, lots of things are overstated in that, um, but I appreciate the flattery, Paul. Uh, uh, really great to be with you guys. Uh, man, it was just fun thinking back about all the different uh, memories here in Iowa City. And just think about, if Paul said 2000, you guys remember Y2K? Right? Way before COVID. I don't know what you were doing that moment, uh, but that's when we came, uh, or I came, Jamie came two years later uh, to Parkview, and uh, we were still meeting in the other chapel over there, and that's where I heard my first Jeff Gilmore sermon, and uh, it, um, so many fun memories. I mean, I just think about, um, you know, I went to that other school, that, you know, and then I saw the light and came to Iowa City, and, uh, and so that was awesome, and uh, man, uh, we, we, you know, we were here, like Paul said. Uh, about uh uh, five years doing college ministry and then three years doing uh, the global outreach stuff, the mission stuff. And then we were here for four more. We started something called Launch Global. That's now called Launch Global. Back in the day, it was called Every Ethne. Uh, and we did that for four years, still a part of this family. And I just remember all kinds of memories like, um, and I know he's with Jesus now, but trying to, you know, it was my goal every time we pulled in the parking lot to try to get Larry Griner to smile, right? And, uh, and I had a little bit of an in because I was a cyclone. And, uh, and so just you know, from Tom, uh, you know, Sunblad, who's also with Jesus, teaching me how to mountain bike and taking me to the ER. And Jim Goodrich, I think you were right there fishing, right? And helped load me in the van with my broken arms. And, and uh, uh, just remember Steve Ratchke passing out hand sanitizer before COVID was even a thing, right? Some of you guys that, you know, you come in to get counseling with Steve and the first thing he did was squirt that stuff on your hands, you know? And it's just fun that we can have these family memories, right? I like, I, I mean, there's so... So, I mean, I could, I could literally go on for hours thinking about all of, of how so many of you have shaped um, my wife and I's life. And I'm so, so thankful. Um, I just, I can't, can't express the kind of gratitude. I can't do it justice. And we went through all these major life transitions, right? Like from going from single to married and then married to having our, you know, being pregnant with our first son. And, and you guys walked through us losing our first 
first son, Simeon, and then you jumped in with us and prayed for twins, and I got to preach my first Father's Day sermon right here, right? And I held those little Josiah and Abigail up right here, and all the moms were like, don't drop them, you know? And, and we're all crying together. It's just all these things, and, and you guys are such a, a family. And if you become a part of Parkview um, since, you know, we moved down to Austin uh, 11 years ago, um, just glad to, to be joining you today. But just know this, this, this church means so much to my wife and I, and we're so grateful um, to be connected to, to all of you. So um, uh, we're going to... We're going to jump into. Um, uh, we're going to jump in here and just talk about what does it look like practically to live out. There's a lot of different directions we could have gone. I think you gr- get great biblical teaching um, every time. We're going to we're going to definitely touch on some Bible, but I just wanted to make it as practical as possible. I grew up in small town Iowa. Anybody grew up in small town Iowa? Those are my people right there. Uh, 86 people. Okay, so there's about as many folks that I grew up in in like this section right here, and uh, we we know there was 80 because one night we counted uh, around the dinner table. And I know some of you were like, really? Where did, the, where did they get this guy? And uh, yeah, it's just about two hours north and a little bit west of here. And, um, and, but just grew up uh, in a small town. And, and you know, one of the things Jesus said in Matthew eleven nineteen is wisdom is proved right by her actions. And, and I think Parkview, and we got to be a part of that, has had a heart for the nations, for the unreached specifically for a long time. And um, I don't know if that's your conviction or not, or if that conviction has waned. But one of the things we wanted to do this morning is actually just enter into real practically, what, what would it look like for me, for you, for your family, or you and your roommates to enter into what God's doing globally? And, 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 and we're going to look at five different ways that you can actually do that. And only one of those is to go to the nations. Because a lot of times people are like, oh, you, you're going to try to get us to all go to Pakistan, right? And if you want to go to Pakistan, that's my full-time job. I will get you to Pakistan, okay? Uh, I'm still trying to work on Sheldon to get him to come to Pakistan. And, uh, um, uh, and we'll see. We'll see what, what happens there. But, um, but only one of them. And, and so the other four habits actually involve you just staying right here in Iowa City. How's that sound? Is that okay? Okay, okay. So, so we can talk back and forth a little bit. I don't know how you guys do it with Mark, um, uh, but you can talk back and forth with me, and that'll make it more fun for me. So um, my wife and I, uh, we, like I said, we live down in Austin. We actually, though, got to move uh, to Lebanon for six months. On the back end of COVID, it was my wife's idea, um, said, hey, why don't we go visit some of the teams that we have overseas? And so we ended up going to Lebanon for six months, and we worked really, uh, really remote. Um, and uh, so we got to be there. Oh, we'll go one back, Savannah. And, um, uh, and, uh, and, and so we got to make all kinds of friends uh, in, in uh, maybe we don't have that one, um, uh, in Lebanon. And, and there's a picture of our, our great uh, Syrian friends there. But we'll, we'll go forward to this next one here. We'll get it worked out here. There, there we go. There's, there's my wife, uh, 20 years. There's Jamie. And then Josiah and Abigail are 16. You guys remember me holding them up here. They've grown a little bit. It would be hard to hold them here. Uh, then Anna's 13. She came with me on this trip. Uh, she'll be at the 1030 uh, over at East Campus. And then uh, Jamin wearing the Texas jersey there. Uh, he is 10 years old. And uh, outside of Josiah, I think he weighs the most. So uh, uh, we call him Bubba. And so those are some of our good Syrian friends. We've got to live there for 
six months and just w- work alongside our team sharing the gospel there with both Lebanese and Syrians and then move back to Austin. We've, you know, like I said, we've been in Austin now for 11 years. So um, we, uh, we actually, um, uh, this is what we do. Uh, we grab about 10 or 11, 10 to 12 folks every year who are thinking about going to the nations. They're not for sure. They're like 51% sure. And so what we do with them is we say, hey, why don't we do life together and we'll take, um, we'll, we'll take this discernment period and actually stretch it out rather than making a quick decision for you to go to the nations. Why don't you move in the neighborhood? And so every year we've got about 10 or 12 folks that move in the neighborhood. Uh, you see some good looking nieces up there, Tom, right? Um, this is from a few years ago. There's Tom's son up there and his, his, his wife, uh, Cheyenne. And, and, um, and so we'll take these folks um, enter into their lives, teach them what it means to share the gospel uh, with with people that don't look like them, uh, dive into what prayer should look like as they get ready to go overseas, and then about half of them uh, end up going overseas. And the the folks that don't go overseas, it's not like they fail, they just are involved in other ways, some of the very ways that we're going to talk about this morning. So that's what we do again and again. So here's what I want to encourage you though, because by God's grace, what's going to happen is you're going to write down lots of different ideas and different ways that you can be involved involved in the nations. But, but here's the thing. If you don't do that with somebody else, it won't last. If you don't do the things that you're going to write down today with somebody else, it probably won't last. All of us were created to have a they in our lives. Amen? Um, and so there's this thing, and maybe it's just a Baptist thing, and now I, 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 I'm, I'm like undercover Baptist now because our church is undercover Baptist. So when, that, when the preacher says amen, then you get to say amen back, okay? Amen? Okay, there we go. That's lots more fun for me. And so, and so all of us, all of us were created to do life with other people, Amen. None of us were, were meant to be Lone Ranger, Chuck Norris, Rambo, however, you know, whatever your, your superhero is that does it by themselves. You know, we're, we were meant to do life together. God shows us that even in the Trinity, right? And so, and so the question, one of the questions you should write down is, who is my they? Who am I actually doing life with? And if you're like, Andy, if, if I'm honest, I, I really don't have a they, I don't have a group of people that I do life with. It's, it's, it's me or it's me and my spouse or me and my family. And we just, we don't really know anybody even that we're worshiping with this morning. Man, I know one of the things that hasn't changed about Parkview is that that's not the way we're supposed to live life. Amen? Amen. And you, we all need a they to do life with. And so as we enter into these, I want you to be thinking about how, how could this look in the group of people that I do life with? And if you don't have one, that's your application. That's your application for, for, for this weekend is go and find yourself a they to do life with. And why I call it a they is when you look at the end of Acts 2, it, again and again, it, it, as it's describing the first church that, that came about, right? It says the word they, they, they prayed, they studied the scriptures, they gave to each other as they had need, they shared their faith, they had everything in common, they, 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 they. That's where I'm getting they from, okay? We, we good? Okay, so we'll keep rolling here. Five global habits. We'll go to the first one. The first uh, global habit, you can click one more there, is send, okay? Let's talk about money. Let's make it a little hot in here. How about that, huh? Let's, let's, we don't like to talk about money a whole lot. And, and here's the lie that I want to start with, is that if you don't go to the nations, that you're somehow a JV Christian, that you're somehow second rate. The folks that come up on stage, that go to, to all over the world, those are kind of the varsity, right? And then the rest of us are JV. 
And I just want to wreck that with the word of God. A friend of mine down in Austin gave me this one. When you look at John 20, verse 21, Jesus said, as the Father sent me, as the Father sent me. So you've got God the Father and God the Son. Who's the sender? The Father, right? Who's the goer? Jesus, right? And so you've got the Father, the the sender, Jesus, the goer. Is Jesus, the goer, greater in value than his Father who sent him? No, it's not a trick question. They're equal in their value, different in their role. Amen? And so if you're, yeah, you should really amen that one. Otherwise, let's talk afterwards and get you to Pakistan. Okay? (laughs) We'd love to do that with you. But, but, but your being a sender, just like me being a sender, is not a second rate. It's not, it's not the B option. We're, we're equal in value, different in our role. And so, so man, that is a great one to, to know if you're a sender. And then the reward, and I won't go into the long story, but right down 1 Samuel 30, there's this beautiful story of David going to get back his wife and kids. And, and it talks about the, those that go off and those that stay, both will be equally rewarded. It's just an Old Testament text that basically shows the same thing. Okay, let's keep rolling here. Matthew 6 uh, makes it really clear, right? Matthew 6 makes it really clear where your treasure is is there is your heart also. So if you want to get a good picture of where your heart is as it relates to God and, and the nations in particular, look at, your, look at your bank statement. Look at your credit card statement. We, we're, we're working our way through the, the book of Nehemiah, and I preached on Nehemiah 5 a few weeks ago, and, and it talks about examining our, our finances, and we had to take a hard look at our finances, and it feels uncomfortable, right? Because we kind of get in this groove of this is what I give and this is what we do, and, and, and very rarely do we do what Nehemiah did, which was take counsel with himself and examine our own hearts and say, where's my money actually going? And I don't know about you, but Amazon and eating out are kicking our tails. And it's good for us to look at our, actual, where is our money actually going? Because it shows what we, we treasure. And it's not about the amount we give, it's about the sacrifice that we, that we step into. Amen? That's what Jesus was trying to show us with the widow with the two, two mites. It's not about the amount. It's about the, amount, about the sacrifice. And the, greatest, the great thing about God is there's always more of him that we can enjoy. Amen? There's always more. And there's all, we actually always have more, right? We do have Even when our pockets are empty, they're not. They're really not. And so God wants us to use our money to join. I mean, Steffi's standing up here. Steffi, you in here still? There. This girl, she's ready to go, leave everything. How's she going to get there? She's going to get there through y'all, right? Go see her. She would love, she just started fundraising. She needs like, I don't know, four grand a month, five grand a month. And you could join her team. And you will, every time that she sees the, the gospel go forth, you get to be a part of it. That's what Philippians 4 says. Paul said in Philippians 4, 17, he said, I don't seek the gift, but I seek the credit that increases to your account. And so what Paul is saying is, is that you will be eternally rewarded in the bank of heaven for everything that Steffi does, you get to be a part of that. Simply because you said, you know what? Rather than doing whatever, one more monthly subscription, that's another $7 a month, I'm gonna add a, a zero or two and, and come on Steffi's te- monthly team. And you're like, Andy, I already support a bunch of people. Great. You also have a bunch more money. Amen? Amen. Can we just be honest? Can we just be honest like this? 
Is that okay? I think when, when we're family, then we can talk like this. Amen? And some, some people are like, yeah, I'm about ready for this part to be done, right? If, if you're like, I, and that's okay. It's okay to be uncomfortable. Families are uncomfortable a lot of times, amen? At least mine is. Maybe yours is very normal and, and not like that, but mine is very uncomfortable sometimes. And so if you're like, I just don't know how rich I am, Google, Google how rich am I. There's a couple different websites that'll come up. Type in your annual income and see where you are. I would, I, my guess would be that everybody in this auditorium is in the top 2% of all the world's wealth uh, in, in the entire world. The top 2%. If you make over 150 grand, you're easily in the top 100 or the top 1%. We have so much, friends, and God gave it to us, and he wants us to enjoy it, and he wants us to, he wants to show us to be able to show our treasure, namely him, him being worshiped among the nations. If you're a reader, here's how giving and gospel movements among the world relate. It's a great little book called Gospel Patrons. It doesn't take long. You can get it on audio. There's a fun one for you. Uh, Here's one more. Here's Here's the primary motivator for giving. It's the gospel, friends. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. This is why we give. Because it says, for, your, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. What would it look like if we began to just, we're not going to probably become all the way poor. Let's just be honest, right? But if we began to lean at least a little bit towards poverty, so that we could send folks like Steffi or partner with folks like, that are up here. That's what Jesus did so that we would know him. And that's what he calls us to. That we would embrace some poverty so that others would be eternally rich. So that we would celebrate. You want to talk about return on investment. There's not a better return on investment than investing in God, what God's doing globally, right? Um, Mark, Mark said it earlier. How will they go unless they are sent, right? How can they preach? How can they believe unless somebody preaches? How can they preach? Uh, uh, how can they believe unless someone preaches? How can they preach unless they're sent, right? Let's be a generous church. Okay, everybody take a deep breath. We're done talking about money, Okay. Everybody's like, hallelujah. Okay, pray. We, we can't overemphasize, friends. And I know that some of you are like, Andy, these are so basic. But I think my question is, is your they doing them? Is your, your, your group, is your, let's start with you, then let's, let's expand to your family, and then let's expand to your they. Are, are we doing these things consistently? Are we, do we have a, like, what if you and your they, what if you and your group said, hey, by the end of the year, we want to raise $50,000 to help finish off this Rafa house in Cambodia, right? I, you remember that last year's Thanksgiving offering? And you said this, one, this year's is going towards it too, right? What if this year, in the next three weeks, you got your group together and said, look, what, what if we got together and got, gave $50,000 or $10,000 or $5,000, whatever the amount is, and we took care of um, taking the pressure off of these girls to wonder, Paul said it so beautifully last night, to provide a safe place for them so they don't have to worry about whether their fl- toilets flush, right? In Cambodia, these, these girls that have been, and the, the, these girls that have been rescued out of human trafficking, you're, you're doing that, Parkview. And so what if you or they got together and said, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna help knock that project out? Okay, I said we're going to be done with money. We'll stop. 
Pray, right? We can't overemphasize we can't overemphasize the contribution to finishing the Great Commission that prayer is. Jesus told us why the Great Commission isn't finished. Why all the people groups in the world, all the 1040 window. How many people, when I say the 1040 window, do you know what that is? It's okay if you don't. Okay, about half. Okay, that's okay. That's great. So when we talk about people with the least amount of access to the gospel, right? Not people that are rejecting Jesus, not are pe people that don't know how to tune into 101.9. Is that still th a thing? KNWS, right? Not people that don't like K-Love, whatever channel that is, but people that don't know who Jesus is. They don't have access to him. Those are called unreached people groups. And they live in a part of the world from West Africa to Japan, from 10 degrees north latitude to 40 degrees north latitude. And that's called the 1040 window. That's where the peoples of the earth that have the least amount of or no access to the gospel live. And so we talk about those people being impacted, right? Northern India, North Africa, the Middle East, Saudi Arabia, right? China, Japan, and, 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 and we talk about those countries, the people in those countries hearing the gospel. Your greatest contribution could be prayer. Jesus said it real plainly. He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to raise up laborers for his harvest field. Matthew 9, 37, 38, and Luke 10, 2. He said the exact same thing. See, friends, uh, just like many of the workers up here, I've been around the world, and there's never been a place, including Pakistan, where people don't want to talk about Jesus. It's actually not a harvest issue. A lot of times we're like, oh, they, they don't want to believe in Jesus. That's not true. They don't know he's an option, friends. The harvest is actually plentiful, but the laborers, the laborers are few. And, and so Jesus said the best thing that we can do is begin to pray. Pray for laborers into Pakistan. Pray for laborers into China. Pray for laborers into northern India. Why would Jesus do it this way? Why would, why would this be the, the way that he, we'll go back one more, sorry. Um, uh, I, I, I went over there and I, it was a fake, Savannah. Um, uh, and so we'll go back to the pray one. And in John 15, what, what, what Jesus makes really clear is that when we pray, we press into him and we make it clear that he's the one that has to do the work. Amen? When we pray, we're saying, declaring to God, God, the only way for the gospel to go forward in Kazakhstan or northern India is if you do it. You have to be the one. We can't do it. Not even the workers there can do it. Not even the missionaries there can do it. Only you can do it. And when we cry out, we're saying, God, we put all of our faith and trust in you to start churches among Muslims, to start churches among Hindus. You're the only one that can save Afghanistan, God. We can't do it. So would you come and do it? Okay, now we'll, we'll go forward. Um, uh, you guys sent us out of here 11 years ago, and we're so grateful. So many of you uh, are on our, our support team. So many of you are on our prayer team, right? And over the last 11 years, the, and, and it's because it's just what God has done. So this isn't us tap patting ourselves on the back, but this is what God has done. In the last 11 years, 230 people have gone out from our church to the unreached, long-term. This isn't short-term trips. This isn't for six months. This is for two or three years or more. The average, uh, the average right now is about five point something years, right? 
And you're like, well, how did that happen, Andy? Well, first of all, it happened because God did it, amen? Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders build in vain, Psalm 127, it's really clear. But here's the other thing that happened over the course of those 11 years. 70,000 hours of prayer, that's the conservative number. 70,000 hours of prayer over the last 11 years were the people that have been involved in going to the nations. How, well, I think we'd love to see Parkview send more people. You know how that's gonna happen? When God's people pray. You don't get one without the other, friends. And it's, again, it's not because we're so great or we're so smart. I'm just a small town Iowa kid, right? But I believe that Jesus' words are true. And when we, when we take him for his word, he begins to do the work that he promised to do. Amen? And you could start a prayer movement. And whether they come out of Parkview or whichever church, it really doesn't matter. Amen? What matters is that labors are going out to the harvest. Okay, let's keep rolling here. If you're like, Andy, I'm just not a very good prayer. Um, uh, here's some motivation, right? There's a, you, movies can be great because remember what Jesus told us to pray? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, he said on earth as it is in heaven. Because when we look at the news or when we look at our news feed, all we see is the brokenness of the world, amen? Use the news feed to fuel your prayers. The news feed is basically how the kingdom has not yet come, how the world is broken. And so get your they together or your family together or get your grandkids together and, and, and begin new traditions where you look at the news and say, hey, sweetie, you're 12 years old. In Iran, girls that are 12 years old right now are protesting because they don't want to be under this oppressive regime that makes them wear head coverings. Can you imagine what it would be like to put your life on the line? Let's pray for God's spirit to move across Iran right now. And you just bring them into what's happening. You guys with me? And we use it. And so whether it's this, there's a great movie if you're like, I don't understand why Israel and the Muslim world are at odds all the time. There's a great movie called With God on Our Side, right? All these movies down here, Slumdog Millionaire, some of them are older, Kite Runner, can help motivate and give us snapshots into the world because maybe you haven't been there. You're like, I've never been to Afghanistan. Well, watch Kite Runner. And let your heart be broken. Watch it as a group. Watch it with your friends. Let your heart be broken. And then pray, God, your kingdom come. Your will be done in Afghanistan as it is in heaven. He's our only hope. Here's, here's a few more real quick ones. Uh, there's a couple websites that you can, you're like, how could I even know how to pray? There's a couple great websites, uh, joshuaproject.net. Uh, you can click on any country of the world and find out who are the unreached people groups in that country. You can start a prayer group, pray in your Bible, your Bible study weekly. You can go on, on to Amazon and, and get a shower curtain. We literally had to just get a new one because, you know, they, they get crusty, right, when you don't wash them very often. And, and you just type into Amazon world map shower curtain and it can be a daily reminder, right? A daily, because we're wired to forget the world, aren't we? And so the things that we put in front of us frequently, get a map in your house, get a map in your shower. Oh yeah, that's, that's, what, that's who God loves, right? Okay, let's, let's move on to mobilize. This one won't take as long. But Habakkuk 2, 2 says, And the Lord said to me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so that so he may run who reads it. 
right? The things that you're hearing this morning, we'll go ahead and click, there we go. The things that you're hearing this morning aren't just meant for you. They're meant for the people that live around you, the other believers that you know. You're you're given, just like the gospel, the gospel didn't come through you to stop with you, the gospel came to you to go through you, amen? The gospel wasn't meant to terminate on you. You were given the gospel so that you could give it to somebody else, and it's the same thing with God's heart for the nations. And so if, if this is all new to you, then we'll give you, we can give you some resources. Um, uh, Paul, the team, can give you lots of resources to learn about God's heart for the world, but don't do it by yourself. Think about who could I mobilize? Who are the other people that I could tell? There's a, there's a great old story um, that happened about the turn of the century. There's a guy named Hudson Taylor who gave his life to seeing the, the Chinese people worship Jesus. And, and, and he mobilized 681 college students to come with him. Two of those um, college students were JK and CT Studd. They mobilized uh, another 200 college students to go with them. The, the, the three Studd brothers, I don't have time to go into the whole story, um, but, but uh, uh, two of them went to China. One came back to America and mobilized, we'll go to this guy right here, John Armott, who was actually born in Iowa. He was born in New York, sorry, at three months old, he moved to Postville, Iowa. Anybody been to Postville? Know where Postville is? That's, that's what I'm talking about. It's up in northeast Iowa, small little town, right? And he grew up there, and he um, uh, went to Upper Iowa University for a year and then moved to Cornell and became a part of this thing called the Student Volunteer Movement that mobilized more college students than any other thing in history of our country. And he was out of Iowa. He's my hero, right? And, and so John Armott. And so uh, if you're like, well, how do I even begin to learn about the world? Here's a, here's a resource that you can learn with your Bible study, thetravelingteam.org. See it in the middle there? Thetravelingteam.org uh, is a great place to learn about what God's doing in the world. They've got Bible studies on there. They've got biographies on there. And you, with your, with your they, right? Whether that's your family, your grandkids, your, your Bible study, your small group, your community group, whatever you want to call it, you can begin to learn about what God's doing in the world. Okay, let's keep moving here. Welcome. When we talk about welcome, what we're talking about is welcoming people that don't look like us. People that didn't grow up in Iowa, right? Here, let's look at Deuteronomy 10. He, God, executes justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the sojourner, the alien, or the international giving him food and clothing. Love the sojourner, love the international. For Therefore, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. The reason that we love the, the internationals that moved to our city is because we were once internationals, right? And you're like, Andy, what do you mean? Well, unless you're Jewish, first of all, you're in the Gentile camp. So, so you, you definitely didn't, and none of us started in the family of God, Amen. If your testimony goes, hey, I've always been a Christian, your testimony isn't biblical. None of us started out in the family of God, amen? Now, he ordained us before the foundations of the earth, that's true, but when we were born, we were born as a child of wrath. We were born outside as an international to God's family, and then through Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection, he brought us into his family, amen? That's how you and I got saved. We were not his people, and he made us his people. And internationals are put in front of us, all these precious people from other countries, so that we can do the same thing with them, 
so that we can love on them. There's verses throughout the, the scriptures, and, and, and it doesn't have to look um, uh, uh, it doesn't have to look complicated, right? Thanksgiving's coming up, Christmas is coming up. And you're like, well, how would I even begin to meet an international? We've all actually got you friends of internationals. Half the people that were standing up here on stage are giving their lives to see an international. So go talk to them. Hey, could, could you guys, um, uh, navigators, bridges, whoever, could you guys help me meet an international student? We'd love to bring someone into our home over Thanksgiving. We'd love to bring someone home in, 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 into our home for Christmas and help them understand that it's not about trees and presents and Santa Claus, but it's actually the celebration of Jesus, our King, coming to the earth, right? Our holidays make it so easy. Our holidays make it so easy to bring folks into our home and explain the good news of Jesus. That was uh, a, a Halloween party that we did. And, and friends, I mean, there, let's click one more. There, to, uh, there's a fun old picture of Jamie. Um, when we used to live on West Winds over by West High, Jamie started a, um, my wife, started a, uh, she likes to work out. She's like, man, the Sudanese women that live in that neighborhood right there, I bet they would like to work out. So they went down the little community center, they put paper over the windows so they could take off their hijabs. And then, and then they, they'd actually like play Lecrae and different things and they didn't know. And so they're working out and they're dancing and doing their little aerobics to Christian rap, right? And had no idea. And then we're asking them on the backside, because all we did was see a need and meet a need with internationals, right? And click one more. And, and the, um, uh, Craig and Amy Welt, right? There's Craig right there. And, and he's, they're, they're reading, they're teaching um, internationals how to, how to speak English. So if you speak English, you're qualified to enter into this space, right, Craig? That's all you got to do. We're starting real basic. You don't have to have a teaching degree. And there are thousands of internationals that have been brought here by God to be loved on by us, the church. Amen? And, 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 and you're like, Andy, I, I'm, I'm kind of timid. I'm intimidated. I don't, I, I don't, I've never met a Muslim or, and it doesn't have to be Muslim or a Hindu or a Buddha. It's okay, friends. It's okay. Jesus broke into our lives, and therefore, he wants us to break into our friends' lives that he's put in this country. All right? Okay, let's, let's keep going here. Last one, and we're almost done. Um, last one, and we're almost done. The last one is go, right? So this, we've done four different ways that you can get involved in what God's doing around the world right here in Iowa City. Don't do it by yourself. And whatever you're doing, ask the Lord, God, would you have something more for me? You're like, Andy, we, we pray once a week as a family. And I'd say, man, that's amazing. That's better than most. And would God have something more for you? The great thing about God is there's always more of him to enjoy. Amen? There's always more of him to enjoy. And so whether we're talking about money or prayer or international friends or supporting goers, there's always more of him to enjoy. But the last one uh, we want to talk about very clearly is go. 40% of the people that our church sends are families. Let me say that one more time. 40% of the people that our church down in Austin sends are families. And we've sent some uh, gray hairs as well, some empty nesters. So here's what I don't want you to do. Because a lot of times when we, we hear about going to the nations, we kind of, we kind of self-select out, right? We're like, oh, Andy's talking about the, the young people. Go get them, young people. We believe in you. Not married, ignorance and faith beautifully woven together. You know, it's awesome. You guys should go. Be radical for Jesus. Steffi, you go get them, girl. 
we'll give you some money. And that you should do that. And Abram, Abram and Sarah, Abraham and Sarah, right? Genesis chapter 12. God says, I'm going to take the, the grandparent age folks and I'm going to bless all the families of the earth through them. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Genesis 12 verse 4. Because it says, and Abram left. And he was 75 years old. And I think what God wants to do is he wants to show us no matter what stage of life we're in, none of us is stuck. None of us is stuck. And you're like, well, hey, Andy, I got teenagers. I'm like, I, I, I know that one. We're in the middle of that one. And we send people with teenagers. You're like, Andy, I just started a new job. We just bought a house. We just whatever. And God wants to say to you, you're not stuck, friend. You're not stuck. Don't disqualify. Don't diselect yourself. God wants his, his heart, his passion, his command even to go to the nations is really clear. There's not a great commission in one gospel. There's a great commission in all the gospels and the book of Acts. And when you go, here, here's, here's some of the things that need to happen. First of all, you're like, Andy, I've never been out of the country. So let's remedy that. Get a passport. You're like, I don't know how. There's this great thing called Google. You can figure it out. You're smart people, right? Get yourself a passport. Every person that's a part of Parkview should have a passport. No exceptions. So that we put ourselves in a position where if God were to begin to lead us to go, that we could actually do it. Get a passport. How, about, how practical is that? And then go. Go somewhere. Go on a short, Parkview's done short-term trips in the past. They'll do them again in the future. And as we send people out, again, it's not just for young people. It's for all of us. How can your heart break for Japan unless you're, you see and walk through millions and millions and millions of people who have never heard the gospel? You're like, Andy, my, my heart doesn't break like that. that. Maybe that's because you've never been there. We've got global workers all over the world. Go and love on them, right? Go and love on them. They would love to see you. Short -term, go short-term, go long-term. Start the process. What does it look like to go long-term and be sent out by this, by this church? Just like, to, like Steffi said, there aren't any closed countries. Here's all, the, here's all the things that God can use overseas. And this is just the beginning, right? You're like, God, could God use my whatever overseas? The answer is yes, he could. Yes, he could. We, we've got people doing all of these things overseas, across the world. If you, I, I, I just focused on CrossFit. I know it's not as hot as it used to be, but we've got CrossFit gyms in Egypt, Jordan, Saudi Arabia, and Turkey right now, right? How'd you like to work out and tell people about Jesus for a living, right? And you're like, well, I couldn't do that. How about being an instructor that could tell people how to work out, huh? There you go. I mean, there's so many opportunities. What, however you're gifted and wired, God can use that overseas. We'll end with this one. Look forward to the day of, the, the, look forward to the day of God and speed it's coming. 2 Peter 3.12. I'm not trying to get into end times theology here, but what I am saying is Jesus is going to return. Amen? He's going to return, and it's going to matter a lot to you and me whether we gave our lives towards seeing him come sooner or not. And, and I don't know how it all works, right? It's kind of like prayer. I believe God's absolutely sovereign over all good and evil that happens in the world. Amen?
I know that's not always easy to embrace, but I believe that he is. And I believe he has this day set. And yet somehow Peter could say he could encourage us to look forward to the day that Jesus returns and speed its coming. And if you tie that in with a verse like Matthew 24, 14, where it says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. We start to put some pieces together that saying all these people that live in this 1040 window, these people that don't have access to Jesus, when they have access to Jesus, whatever God means by that, then it sets the stage for him to return. Again, I'm not trying to set an end times theology or push something on you. All I'm saying is the return of Jesus and all the people groups worshiping him are related. Amen? And so we ought to be a people that gives their lives, their prayer, their money, their time, their energy, their lives to seeing all the peoples of the earth worship him. Because the reality is, and it, it says it in Revelation 5, 9 and Revelation 7, 9, that there's a day coming very, very soon where all the tribes, all the peoples, all the languages will be with us as we worship our king forever and ever and ever. It's coming. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Maranatha. That's what we want. That's what we want to be known for. That's what we, we want to give our lives to seeing his glory enjoyed among all the peoples of the earth. May it happen in our lifetime and all God's people said, amen. amen. Let's pray. God, we're, um, we're really grateful to be yours. And we're not yours because we deserve it. We're not yours because you needed our gifts or talents or money. We're yours simply because you love us and you chose us when we were children of wrath and you made us your own at great expense to yourself through your son Jesus, through his life, death, and resurrection. And we're so grateful, God, that now we have a guarantee. Your spirit lives in us and we will, we will spend eternity with you. And the reality is, God, there are people on the earth today that don't know that good news. They don't even know you're an option. They, they are carrying around their sin and their shame. And they're trying to be a better person. They're trying to be good enough. They're trying to have their good deeds outweigh their bad. And it's just broken, God, and it will never, ever work. And so, God, we pray that in our lifetime that all the peoples of the earth all these precious people that were made in your image would have an opportunity to say yes to you, God. Would you keep using this church, God? Not start using, but keep using this church, your people right here in Iowa City to see your name proclaimed among all the peoples of the earth. And then would you come, Lord Jesus? How we long to be with you, God. Every time war breaks out or someone dies of cancer, we are reminded of the brokenness of this world and it's made us to long more for you. The brokenness of the world is to give us hope that there is a day coming very soon when all of this will pass away. We thank you that you let us be a part of that work. Thank you so much, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. You're the best. There's no one better than you. And all God's people agreed and said, amen, amen.